name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland podcast. Now, I know you're used to us being in a world of food allergies and chefs and entrepreneurs, but today we're taking a jump and we're hanging out with a hilarious, although she won't let me call her a comedian, radio presenter, because she's British, (laughs) podcast host of the very new and very popular, at least you didn't, and member of what I'm going to call Fight Club. We are both in a group on Facebook that's super duper duper secret and we're not allowed to tell you about it, but that's how we met. And she is amazing. Caroline Verdon, thank you so much for being here. What an intro. I don't know if I can live up to that. Uh, I think you already (laughs) be British about it. You have done. How's that? (laughs) So, I mean, how did you come up with this podcast? It's hilarious. At least you didn't. I mean, we all have stories, but dude, you've got a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you have those moments in life where you you make a mistake, you find yourself in a really embarrassing situation and you just want just, just the world to just, you, you want to crawl up in a ball and just disappear somewhere. But rather than do that and rather than just forget about it and never tell anyone, I find myself telling people because it weirdly makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> and I met someone a few years ago, we were both working for a radio station and she also finds herself in so many ridiculous situations um and during lockdown we we would just text each other terrible things that um that that we'd done situations that we'd found ourselves in um just for I think we just missed girl chat do you know what I mean and we just missed having that sort of banter that you just don't get when you're at home by yourself um and then we just thought one day do you know what why not try and turn this into a podcast um so we each then wrote down all the things. <laughs> it was a horrible event. We just sat there separately with Jin, writing down all these terrible things that we'd done. And I posted her a whole list of mine and she posted me a whole list of hers. And then one by one, we just, we took them out of the bag and just read them uh, and then sort of told our stories. <laughs> it does have that feel, that kind of girl chat, right? Like that's, as I was listening to it, that's how I felt. I was like, I feel like I'm in a, on the couch with a couple of girlfriends having some wine or gin as your drink of choice may be, right? <laughs> and it's great. It's so funny and so relatable. And it makes me want to like call you and tell you my stories. I mean, do, because that's the thing we've had, we've had so many people like just message us different things that they've done. So we're now putting guests on our podcast because, oh man, the situations and things that other people have done. And I, and I guess it's something that, you know, we all do. We've all got that embarrassing tale. We've all got that sort of situation. Um, and it's, it's really lovely to share it because, man, is it funny when you hear someone else's. Yeah, no doubt. And so you kind of found yourself working behind the scenes of podcasts of, for other people, right? Mm. What was really the tipping point for you to start your own one? Um, so I've always been a radio presenter um, and um, I've done breakfast radio for decades. Um, and I was sort of too busy doing that, really, to... To, to focus on doing a podcast myself and then lockdown happened and I started doing a lot more behind the scenes stuff and I missed doing the on-air sort of radio side of things and so I thought well actually there's a way around this why not uh do what I do for other people but uh actually do it myself and it's terrifying doing a podcast and putting your putting yourself out there um yeah, it's really awesome. terrifying yeah um and suddenly you know people are responding and friends are listening and you're getting text messages from people and you think oh when I was recording that I didn't think anyone 
didn't think a single soul would listen. I thought it was just <laughs> me having a chat and all of a sudden everyone knows the, you know, the in-depth story. Yeah, there's a TV show here. I don't know that it happens in the UK, but it's called A Million Little Things. And in the last episode or two episodes ago, one of the girls has started a podcast during the pandemic. Yeah. And she accidentally leaves the recording on and then starts talking to her boyfriend about her ex-boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, and, and then uploads the episode not thinking anything of it. And it becomes oh. like this kind of viral, everybody listening to the podcast. And they're like, that's my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Right? Isn't it? I remember doing a school play where we all had those little microphone packs on. Um, and I must have been about 13, 14. And we got told time and time again, when you leave the stage and you go backstage, you turn that off, you turn that off. And I forgot and I went to the toilet. Right. Uh, and that just <laughs> that just got broadcast <laughs> across the whole auditorium, just me. Oh, it was awful. So embarrassing. But And, and this is my fear for, like you said, for, for podcasting. What if you... What if you upload something that you shouldn't? Right. That's why if somebody else edit them, you know, it's like a fail. <laughs> Someone yeah. else edits them and then somebody else listens to them to make sure. And then it finally makes its way out. Uh, now so that's sensible. That situation. I mean, yeah. normally we're talking about, you know, software and chefs. It's not anything <laughs> going to, to be problematic. But I mean, yeah, to, to your point, you know, I used to do, I have this great publicist, right? And, and shout out to her. She's amazing. But all sorts of interviews, you know, TV, radio, podcast, whatever. And she kept saying to me, you really need to start your own podcast. And three years, she's like, Shandy, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm all get out of here. I am not doing that. That is not up my alley. Like it is not my thing. And then one day another podcast host was over here interviewing me and she said, well, you really need to start your own podcast. Mm. But that night, my publicist is texting me and I'm out at a restaurant on a date drinking all the Manhattans <laughs> serve me apparently. And I'm all, okay, sure. I'll start my own podcast. That'd be great. And now we're <laughs> I mean, I bet you don't regret it. I do not regret it. Actually. I like being on this side of it much, much more. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I was going to ask you, but now I understand why, how did you wake up one day and think, gosh, you know, radio, my voice is amazing. Oh. And I really just want to put myself out there. Like, how do you, but now I hear your voice and I understand why. Oh no, that's not how, how it happened. Make that, how do you make that leap? Like, how do you decide that this is what I want to do? So um, I went to uni and I did performing arts um, at uni. And on like the first weekend that we'd all kind of moved in, they had this, I don't know if they do this in America, I imagine they do, but they, uh, we had like, a, like a, um, an activities fair where all the different clubs and societies and stuff all were like, hey, come join this group, come join this group. And you'd wander around this massive hall and choose who you wanted to join. Um, and there was a really good looking boy who uh, was <laughs> working and doing stuff in the radio. And I thought, I've never thought about radio before, but you are really easy on the eye um and so I signed up uh, and then yeah actually thought oh I love it I absolutely love it um and I was a journalist originally so I went from there I finished my degree and then I went and trained as a journalist um and so I was reading the news and doing that kind of stuff uh, for quite a long time um and then in a really awkward situation I accidentally called David Beckham a murderer whilst reading the news um I did, yeah. Um, and my boss went, I don't think you can read the news anymore. What were you supposed yeah. to say about him? So 
it was, I was reading a news bulletin and the first story was a really horrendous story about um, this guy who had walked into a police station and he announced that he had killed a load of people. And that was my top story. And I pressed this button to play a clip, which is meant to be of our reporter um, explaining what had happened and what this guy had said. And the clip didn't work. So I moved on. Um, and my final story was about England, I can still remember it like it was yesterday, England playing Trinidad and Tobago in the World Cup. Um, and I said, and all the all the clips are recorded, none of them are live. And I remember saying, England take on Trinidad and Tobago in the World Cup. Um, our reporter Paddy Bunce is there. Paddy, how's David Beckham been preparing for the game? And I pressed play on the kit, clip and the clip went, well, he walked into a police station at seven o'clock this morning and announced he had three bodies in the boot of his car. And I was like, no, but I just didn't know what to say because obviously I needed to stop the clip playing. I mean, life stood still. I needed to stop the clip playing, but then I thought, well, then what do I say afterwards? And so I sort of stopped it, but the worst part had already happened. And so I said, that was a mistaken clip. Obviously David Beckham isn't a murderer, but then I thought, is that factual? I've never met the man. <laughs> so then I we don't think... Yes, and I found myself saying, as far as we know, it was awful. It was just, it was so awful, so awful. Um, and yeah, so my boss went, do you, do you want to, do you want to try presenting? I've got a position going. Um, and yeah, just move me across. That's hilarious. So, so <laughs> you say radio hosts, not presenters. Oh yeah, about the same thing. Like yeah, yeah, same thing. So when you say breakfast radio, for us, that's like morning. So like as you're driving to work in the morning or whatever, yeah. you're listening to people jabber with each other about like, oh my God, this morning my cat, you know, spilled all the water. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a jabberer. <laughs> yeah. But it's entertaining <laughs> jabberment. I don't mean to minimize it. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. No. And I um, made yeah, it work. That's exactly it. Jabberment. Yeah. Yeah. Jabberment. I love it. Jabberment. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've been telling these stories forever because that's what yeah. That's what I've I've sort of done for like 15, 20 years, that kind of thing, really. So yeah. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was that or die in a hole of embarrassment, really, for the rest of my life. I had two options because bad things keep happening to me. Did David Beckham <laughs> ever call you and be like, dude, I have not murdered anyone? <laughs> uh, funnily enough, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. I mean, I think yeah. you figure that up. <laughs> You know, so, so one of the things that I thought was entertaining at, at, at worst, like it kind of shows how far off the radar America has gone from the UK. I understand everything that you say on the podcast, but it is so striking to me how many different things, different ways you guys put things than we do. Oh, really? Yeah. Like we never, I don't know. I, there's so many ways that you guys make everything sound better. <laughs> like it's not just the accent oh I should have done right like we don't say things like that we sound infinitely less cool than you and I, have I think you envy no, <laughs> I think it's because we have to try harder to make things sound cool I think it's because you genuinely have so many cool things and we really don't and so we work we work really hard to make them sound great <laughs> No, I think that all of the U.S. has like UK envy about all the things. I mean, for Christ's sake, my parents named me Shandy. Could there be any more, <laughs> you know, UK envy that you can have? <laughs> it's true. Do, do your kids think you're funny? Um, definitely not. <laughs> no, mine are uh, just no. getting to the point now, so there's 
how old are they? Eight and 11? That they think, oh, sometimes mom's entertaining. Oh, I've got, I've got a way to go. Mine are five and nearly two. Oh. Um, but yeah, my five-year-old is already crippled with embarrassment. Really? Um, which, oh, yeah. Yeah. Good I mean, job. like, so young, so young. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it helps that, like, I am that parent that I try so hard and it's, you know, fancy dress day at school and I sent him in a month early dressed as a pirate, like a whole <laughs> month early. And he spent the whole day, bless him, in school. And we went for it. Like we'd, we, you know, we hadn't just stuck an eye patch on, I'd drawn a massive eye patch on his face. And he just spent the whole day there with face paint on. And I can understand his embarrassment. <laughs> we have, uh, we have spirit week right now. And I'm the same way. Like I'm a little extra about all of this kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. So yesterday was crazy hair day. And my 11 year old has like normal, like, you know, newscaster hair, if you will, right? Blonde, yeah, yeah. Side, straight, whatever. And yesterday it was, you know, looking like a Jabberwocky oh. uh, and all sorts of different colors. And my eight year old refuses to cut his hair. So his hair is down past his shoulders and like Shirley Temple curls. And so we had it like puffed out as much as we conceivably could and all kinds <laughs> of different colors, which took, you know, 74 hours in the shower last night to get out. So then this morning they wake up and I say, okay, what day is it today? They say it's patriotic day. Okay. Mm. Red, white, and blue. Cool. We can do red, white, and blue. Little mama, I would like a founding father's uh, ponytail, you know, like 1700s kind of like clinched <laughs> ponytail. And I want you to paint me with red, white, and blue stripes in the hair. Wow. Okay. I don't have any white <laughs> spray paint. I don't even know if they make that. So we put flour in for the stripes of white and then red spray paint on the side and blue spray paint on the other side. And he's got his little tail in the back, you know. So I hear you. I I, I do it on the right day because I don't prepare for anything. So I could never be early. Uh, but my kids are always the ones who are like that far gone. I think my older one's the only sixth grader who dresses up for anything anymore. Just I feel like. I feel like we're kindred spirits. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Too much right as a mom, but man, I can dress my kids for spirit day and Halloween. <laughs> and as a, as a morning host, as a breakfast presenter, which I think mm. sounds much better also, <laughs> you guys do songs or just talk? A bit of both, songs and talk. Both. All right. So I had yeah. song questions. And maybe these will fall flat in America because maybe we don't listen to the same songs. I don't know. But what's okay. your most popular song that people always wanted you to play that you absolutely hate? Um, oh, I mean. Oh, there's so God, many. There's, there's so many. Um, I did, did, do you ever have James Blunt? Yeah. Did he, was James Blunt? Ever, yeah. Okay. Um, so we went through a phase where we were playing a lot of James Blunt anyway, like at least once an hour. And when you're on, I mean, it, it drains, it really drains. Um, and we did have a, a period of time about, I don't know how long ago now, seven or eight years ago, people would phone up and ask for it all the time. And honestly, every other song they'd have it if they could. There's only so many times you can listen to that. And do you ever say on air, all right, I'd rather poke my eyes out, but I'm about to play this song again. <laughs> Well, I worked for quite a long time for a radio station that refused to take requests. And that was its, yeah. um, that was its big, you know, selling point. They played what they wanted, not, not what anybody else wanted. So, um, so that was a joy because we never had to. 
Um, but you often get people phoning up really, really weird requests. Like I work for a lot of pop stations and current music stations and dance stations. And then people would phone up and ask for like Metallica. <laughs> it's, just, it's a great, I mean, great, but it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Sorry. I'd love to, but everybody's <laughs> going to change the channel. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so flip it around. What song do you absolutely love and want to play? And every time you play it, everybody changes the channel because they hate it. Um, I can tell you a song I'm, I'll never be allowed to play that I'd love to play. Anything by Tenacious D. Really? Oh, man. I love Jack Black and I love his band Tenacious D so much. Um, but there's far too many swear words in there. It would, uh, it would never happen. You can't swear on the radio in the UK. Uh, no, no, and definitely not at breakfast. You can get away with it later on in the day, but um, not at breakfast at all. Fascinating. I would not have, I would not have. Mm. Which when, when you suddenly do things where somebody walks in with a tarantula and you have to hold it and you accidentally drop it and you're not allowed to swear, <laughs> um, it's tricky. It's really twi- tricky. <laughs> I would think that they'd give you a pass on that one. Mm-mm, no passes. No. If there's a tarantula in the room, let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I had a guest on, um, Nick Wallace, who's amazing. Uh, He's a chef, and he was on one of the cooking shows, and he Mm -hmm. had to cook with, like, one of the ingredients they gave him in his mystery box of delight was tarantula. (gasps) And he had to cook with it. And I was like, it was my first question I wrote down for him, right? It was like, talk to me about this. On the show, on the cooking show, he was like, spiders, I don't want to (laughs) cook. like why is there a spider you know I'm not doing him any justice whatsoever but yeah tarantulas definitely deserve swear words I can't imagine that tasted very nice either just very chewy well I think they were dried so he used them as like a Uh, texture on the top or something like that okay (laughs) not sure if that makes it any better (laughs) I wouldn't say yeah no but I mean they give you the box you gotta use the things yeah true Mm. worst right this is why I like chefs though (laughs) so was it you or your partner who had the uh, scone to give to the oh, chef? It was me. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you really make a scone <laughs> out of, now you called it a packet of smash. Is that potato chips? Oh no, it's worse. What it's is a worse. packet of smash? Um, I don't even know if you have it. I don't know if this just shows us up as being a really lazy nation. It's like, <laughs> It's dried mashed potato. Oh, it's that you just... so instant mashed potatoes. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah we know okay, that. fine, yeah. Um, so it doesn't make the scone any better. But yeah, um, it was a recipe that I had for a scone. Um, and I was going through, I was hardcore in a slimming group. Um, and it was uh, instant mashed potato uh, with yogurt, a whole tub of, I mean, we called it Splendor, but it's just yeah, um, like... Spend it. Okay, cool. Um, and and a yogurt. I mean, what, oh, and some raisins. What a horrible combination! But at Amazing. this point in time, I was convinced that it was like it's a really healthy cake. You should be stocking this in your Michelin starred restaurant. How many calories? I in that um, I I don't know how many calories, but I know that on the like the diet plan, it was considered free, and therefore you could eat as many as you wanted. Oh, so, so that tasted delicious. gross I don't know what I was thinking but the worst thing is I've not seen this chef since then um I've got to interview him again in about three or four weeks time Uh, I want to have him on mine so we can talk about (laughs) and then I'm gonna bring this up tell him like I haven't had a podcast for you you gotta be up I will do what's your favorite story of all the ones you guys have shared on the on the podcast so far 
this won't air for a few weeks. So you've got, you know, you, you've got a wider variety to pick from too. Um, I think probably, probably the one about my husband, who at the time was my boyfriend. Um, and he had had to have an operation in his man parts um, and was understandably quite uncomfortable. And we had a wedding booked in to go to and I'd been there all day. But because of his operation, he was like, there's no way he could hack a whole day at a wedding. So he said he'll just come up for the evening. And it was really warm and it was really sunny. And he got a train there. <laughs> and decided to walk from the train station to the venue and was most uncomfortable. Um, and he said, you know, it's just rubbing. It's all, this is all very uncomfortable. And so I came up with an idea that I thought would, would help the situation. <laughs> um, I don't know what you call them over there. Do you call, we call them condoms. Do you call them condoms? Like the or things like prof- to protect from sex? Condoms? Yeah. Yeah. Pregnancy? Yeah. Condoms. Yeah. Con- yeah. Okay. So um, I said I came up with a terrible idea, which at the time I thought was a great idea, which was why don't you put a really thick condom on because it will stop rubbing against your trousers, you know it all. And he that agreed. Was like not did it at the point in time where you're needing to use a condom. I mean, we were at a point in time where there was definitely nothing happening and we were sleeping on separate tight sides of the bed. He was very much in pain. So I had to go to a, like a shop three doors down. But I mean, and ask you even, some... like, physically put it on? Um, Any man listening to this right now is like, know... <laughs> could you be any worse? Like, <laughs> it was, it was, um, I think it, uh, when I, I told Annabelle, who I do the podcast with, I told her about it and I think she described it um, perfectly. You know, when you have a sleeping bag that you're trying to put back inside like the container and you're sort of pulling the container as wide as possible and shoving the sleep yeah it was like that so it was horrendous um however <laughs> painful, he made sure. it, yeah <laughs> very painful <laughs> but he made it through the next like four or five hours of the wedding and was like this is a great idea this is you know this is brilliant um and then um took it off in the evening and it was quite a sizable pain, but decided he'd leave it till the morning and see how he was. Um, and in the morning I was woken up to the sound of clattering um, and he'd gone to the bathroom. He'd just taken a look at himself and he had fainted <laughs> at the sight of his own genitals. Um, uh, uh, I mean, no, no, no. He took it off before he went to bed, but it, you know, let's just say heat, plastic <laughs> recent surgery like none of that none of that bodes well um and anyway long story short we ended up back in hospital and um we saw the same surgeon who had done his original surgery who was aghast uh and couldn't believe would come up with such a ridiculous idea let alone followed through with it um and just pumped so many drugs into him uh, and basically said right this is this is you've got one chance for these drugs to work and if it doesn't goodbye but you have kids now and this was but we have yeah exactly it all worked out okay okay, I'm guessing and he's got some lovely memories of those four hours at the wedding so (laughs) well and I'm sure he's most appreciative of his man parts now so I have a funny condom story amazing sentence I thought I'd never say (laughs) so I have two kids Right. And yeah. dad and I are no longer together. We've got a great relationship, but you know, so he had taken the small one. I think the small one was, you know, six or so at the time, both boys 
to a, a backstage at one of the local theaters here. And so I had taken the older one, just turned 10 at the time. Uh, age is important in this particular story. And he had had a soccer game. So then I brought the older one back to my house until the tour was over. And I get a video on my phone from their dad. And it's my little one waving around a condom like this, right? Like, like listening can see that, but like swinging it around his head like he is a cowboy lassoing a horse. No context, no explanation, <laughs> just the six-year-old at the time and a condom, right? And uh, so my older one says, mama, what's that? And I have no context. I don't know why he's waving around a condom. So I say to my just turned 10 year old, that's a condom. And of course, then the entire birds in the bee conversation ensues because what else am I supposed to say? I can't lie to him, right? Now cat's out of the bag that this thing exists. And it's a long conversation and he's got all sorts of questions, some of which I have to Google the answers to because I don't have the parts. And then after I had texted back, why aren't, like, what is happening? So after the whole conversation, their dad texts back, oh, that's what they use to cover the microphones at the theater. I could have gone with, that's a microphone cover. <laughs> and he led with that. <laughs> yeah. So 10 got an early education. <laughs> and I imagine he ended up quite confused. I, I don't know. I kind of cut to the chase. I, I told him all the things, you know. I don't really do cover it up parenting. I do. No. Let's go, right? Yeah. And so he knows all the things. <laughs> had subsequent conversations and he's come back with some pretty interesting questions and that's cool, right? But I'm sure it was more embarrassing for him than me. But in that moment, I was like, please shoot me right now. Like, I do not know what's happening. <laughs> it's one of those situations where you I always think to myself I've got to be prepared for the questions I've got to be prepared for the questions but I know when the time comes it's going to be excruciating but I'm like you rip the band-aid off just yeah. tell it how it is I mean I've always called the parts what they are called right I've never gone with yeah anything us else, too you know so I yeah look these are bodies they are what they are and they do what they do and here we go. So it wasn't yeah. that bad, right? It wasn't like I've been covering everything up for a decade <laughs> and all of a sudden everything <laughs> You know, it was more, it was, it was easier than that. And it was definitely easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. He did ask but me, maybe just, Mama, did you think that you were going to have this conversation with me when I was 10? <laughs> no, but here we are. <laughs> Did you end up with any follow-up meetings with like parents from school or teachers from school? Well, and I told him that I said, look, chances are your friends don't know these things, but I'd rather that you know them from me than know them from your friends. Right. So you don't need to tell anybody anything, but if you hear anything from anyone, I want you to kind of run it through me just so that I know that you're getting kind of factual information. As oh man, I'm coming to you for all my parenting advice. I don't know that that's a good idea, but he's <laughs> talking like, boys and the birds and the bees talk we can do that this one's one I've been through although I'm gonna have to go through it again with the one who I'm pretty sure is gonna provide illegitimate grandchildren at some point so we'll see how that goes <laughs> yeah hey listeners if you're still here thanks okay <laughs> there's a story you never thought you were gonna hear from me yeah this podcast so five and two you're not having those conversations yet 
No, not quite. No, um, we did have when I, when I became pregnant with our t- now two year old. Um, I didn't. We did. I I I showed our so our our eldest was then three, and I showed him like the pictures of the baby scan, and I said, um, "What do you think this is?" And he said, "Oh." Um, and he asked very, you know, made various suggestions before he went, oh, is it mummy's tummy? And I said, yeah. And what's in mummy's t- tummy? And he looked and he went, oh, mummy, you're having a dinosaur. <laughs> um, and I can't tell you how disappointed he was to find out that I was not having a dinosaur, but just another boy. That's amazing. <laughs> so on the topic of pregnancy and I tell my kids how things are, that's not entirely true. I had two C-sections, so, you know, there's a scar, and it looks kind of like yeah. a smile, right? And so when the kids asked me at, at the same ages that yours are now, Mommy, how did I come out of your belly? Oh, the doctor just opened up that zipper right there. <laughs> so I am a liar. <laughs> I'm sure they'll let you off for that one. Yeah, that was definitely easier than, well, there were two choices. <laughs> could have gone out this way or out that way. <laughs> Summary if it was. the same zipper pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a story that hasn't made it onto the show and like you'll never put it on there because it's too embarrassing and why are you going to tell us right now what that is? There are no stories that are too embarrassing, but there are stories that we have decided we won't put on there because we've both been involved in situations that have been hugely funny or embarrassing or whatever but because of other people yeah and and then it's a bit like well it's not our story to you know to tell they should be the ones to decide if they want to you know publicly disclose that but any of our stories absolute fair game I love it I think that's so great the podcast (laughs) is so funny and I can't wait for more episodes to come out and everybody who listens to this one you have to go listen to that one. It's much more entertaining, but don't stop listening to us because, you know, we provide value, I hope. Uh, exactly. Caroline, tell everybody how they can find you online. Um, so you just search for At Least You Didn't on whatever podcast downloaders you use, whether it's, you know, Apple or Google or whichever, Amazon. Um, and you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Just search At Least You Didn't. I love it. So easy. So easy. So easy and so funny. Now, you you have set my expectations very high. As you know, I like to wrap all these episodes up with my own personal torture device, otherwise known as Two Truths and a Lie. Yep. Caroline, I'm going to have you tell everybody three facts about yourself, one of which is, you know, an alternative fact. Don't tell them which one's not true. Okay. Listeners, Um, if you want to know, you're going to have to come talk to us in the comments on social or on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. Caroline, take it away. Number one, I once ended up in hospital for riding an amusement arcade horse too vigorously. Number two, I once stapled my own hand to a wooden post. Or number three, I've nearly been killed by a hippo twice. Not just once, but twice. I mean, if a job's worth doing. You're right. (laughs) And do it again. Those are perfect. Thank you so much, <laughs> Caroline Worden. What a pleasure it has been. Again, her podcast is called At Least You Didn't. Find it on any of the podcast platforms. What a pleasure. I'm going to have to find more funny people because the <laughs> podcast is good. 
<laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for being here. As always, this has been the Shandyland Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah.